Do you get triggered easily? Well, I have in the past, and it's caused me a lot of pain and frustration. But Jay has taught me how to deal with some of those triggers. And recently, on our Mel Robbins episode, I was triggered by some of the comments uh, because people don't want to watch to the end to leave really rude and nasty comments. But that's okay because we welcome them all. Anyway, so if you get triggered easily, like I have in the past, and I still do, And you'll want to stick around to the end of this video and you can watch as I heal a trigger right in front of you on camera with Jay's help. So, oh, by the way, Merry Christmas. We realized a little too late that we were filming for Christmas or we would be wearing red and green. So, Merry Pink and Purple Christmas anyway. So, Jay, what exactly is a trigger and why why do I feel like everything freaking triggers me sometimes? That's a great question. And one, I think, is on many people's minds. And to answer it, first, we need to know what a trigger is or why triggers exist, like what they're for, what their purpose is. You know what the purpose of a trigger is? To piss me off. Sort of. Like, why would nature let triggers exist? Right? Nature is very efficient, very effective. It doesn't have a lot of stuff hanging around that doesn't help. Right. Especially not for thousands and thousands of years or whatever. Okay. Well. So why triggers? What purpose could they serve? Well, my guess is it's probably like jealousy. It shows you what you need to work on. Yeah, basically. Triggers show us areas that we're approaching life in a less than ideal way, a less than optimal way. So for me, I'm always so proud of how accepting and non-judgmental I am and kind and so on. But when I play League of Legends, I turn into like a totally different person. So much so that I'm, I'm, you know, I think that like, do I need therapy? Would a therapist say this is because you have buried repressed issues in the rest of your life and it's manifesting itself in the game, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Regardless, it's just a pointer to me of an area of life that I'm not approaching in a great way. I don't get triggered in all these other areas because I approach them in a healthy way. Right. But I don't approach that in the best way. And so how do I know? I know because I'm triggered. Obviously, there's something wrong here. Obviously, I need to take a look at myself and approach things differently. And until I approach things differently, that trigger is going to remain. And if I approach it slightly better, then the trigger will be slightly less or less frequent or less intense or whatever. Right. So would people and nature benefit if we got rid of triggers? Like if they weren't around to point out things that we should probably work on. No. And, and while while I'm in the middle of being angry and furious with with ridiculous people or things or situations that are happening in the moment I would want to say yeah like I don't want to feel like this but this is where it tells me I still I still need work I still like so to use the example I used in the in the intro right was the the comment section from that video from the Mel Robbins video uh, and people were making lots of assumptions about me saying some really mean things about me I'm a horrible person and all this for stating my opinion Mm-hmm. Which and I already knew would happen because in this day and age, this is just what happens when you speak a different opinion from someone else. And so I felt like very upset because I don't think people got my point. And I grew up feeling unheard and I hid my vulnerability. And on this channel, I'm doing that. And and then so when people that I am being vulnerable and sharing my, my opinions and like, being my real true self my authentic self here and then for people to shit on me for it it feels not great right but that means that there's still things within me 
that I have to work on and not care about what other people think. And, and that's another thing that I've had trouble with. So without the trigger, I wouldn't know that, okay, I worked really a lot on what people, like not caring what people think. And I really don't, but there's some something still in there that bothered me. So without that trigger, I would not know this. I would walk around thinking, oh, I've handled this, but I haven't. So yeah, I don't think the answer to your question, no, I don't think it would be a good idea to get rid of triggers. Yeah, exactly. They're super helpful. Right. We need them. Yes. They're a blessing. Yes. Yes. Even if it doesn't feel like it at the time. Yes. Even if it makes you feel very uncomfortable and you have to sit with that uncomfortable feeling for a day or two or whatever, or it just makes you really mad or how, whatever trigger is happening. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Although if a trigger is affecting you for two days or something, I would highly recommend lessening that time period. Yes. A day and a half. Now Great. a day, Great. half a day, an hour is to lose two days of life and productivity and energy and progress towards your goals because you were triggered. That's a, a pretty rough penalty. I mean, it already feels crappy to be triggered. Right. Now you want to throw away two days afterwards? Yeah. So no. no. Highly suggest taking care of that if you ever reach that level of trigger. Okay, so you asked, why does everything trigger me? Yeah, I um, mean, I exaggerate with everything. I, I mean, I've, as you know, I've worked up really hard on myself and, and improving those things. And I don't get triggered by a lot of things. And it's funny because there was a lot of crap on, in those comment section, but only one particular person triggered me. Uh, the rest of the people, like they said mean things, but I didn't care. So... My point is, can you now answer the question, why do things trigger me? Yes. Why? To show me what I have to work on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. But I think even though it shows us what we have to work on, it means also that we have to work on it, not just like acknowledge that, okay, this is bothering me. I'm going to ignore it now. Sure. Anytime life points something out to us, we have the option of ignoring it and pretending like we didn't get the message. Mm -hmm. We have the option of acknowledging life's message and then doing nothing. Right. Like we can say, oh yeah, that triggers me in that area. So don't, don't talk about it with me. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, I haven't changed. Yes. I've done nothing about life's message, but right. I did gently acknowledge it. Yeah. And we have the option of acknowledging it and then pouncing on it and solving it, like applying ourselves to it, applying Applying creative effort and problem solving and solutions thinking and coming up with ways to soothe that particular trigger. Right. That's our option with anything in life. Yes. True. Very true. You can watch people choose them. I've seen people ignore them and put their head in the sand. I've seen people politely and proudly accept their trigger and be proud of their honesty and vulnerability and then not doing anything about it. Sure. And I've seen people quietly accept what happened notice the trigger and fix it for next time yeah same just to continue to use the example the person that i was talking about was triggered by the whole personal responsibility thing and then projected this onto me and told me me of all people to take personal that i should be the one taking personal responsibility not mel robbins which i found pretty funny but it was because she was triggered by what I was saying about personal responsibility, then yelled at me. But then that triggered me on like because of all the the like blood, sweat and tears I have put into myself into taking personal responsibility and like being unashamed of who I am and really like embracing 
all the crap that I've done to myself and I've put other people through and, and all that stuff. So like that was that the comment that sent me, I was like, you know what? I'm done. Bye. And I blocked her. But my, my point was, is that the triggers that trigger other people, then they trigger other people and they go back and forth and back and forth. And, and like she'll go away and continue to ignore the trigger in the first place because she'll think she's self-righteous and she got me and, and all this. Where me, I'm asking myself, did I take personal responsibility for what I said in the video? Am I, um, did I do something wrong in my comments? Did I, where, where could I have improved? And so this is the difference between that lady, whoever she is, and me. And and using, I want to use her trigger to help me with my own. And so that's my point. And 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 also, I thought just now of the time when <laughs> I remember when I used to get really upset over the date when <laughs> when I would find like look at the date and and really like it would freak me out because and I'd be like dates exist. I, I know, but I was freaked out because, you know, with, with money and stuff over the date that it was a certain date and getting close to the deadline of whatever I was working on. And I would have to ignore the calendar. Like I would turn the notifications off and things and try, try to ignore them. So I've been there too, where I try to ignore the, the, those triggers for myself. And more now, like I stated before, I'm not ignoring that. I really, because ignoring them is really painful and it makes all, all the growth and healing take so much longer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thanks. Okay. So, Jay, my next question is how can I turn something that's negative, like my ex being a dummy, into something positive? Love you. Yeah. It's a good question. If you get the hang of this, you really got the hang of life. So, do you understand how positive and negative work, like at their core? Positive what? Positive things, positive just positivity, or I don't know what you're asking me. Yeah, no, it's a good, <laughs> it's a good response. Like, yeah, positivity at its core, positivity itself, and negativity itself in the universe. Positive and negative are universal forces. They're in magnets. They're in emotions. They're in stories. They're in events and experiences. They're in everything. Right. So, do you get that? I mean, I get that positive and negatives are in everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. A lot of people say this. Yeah, I get that. But if you look at how they're living and how they communicate and how they view events that happen to them, it's clear that they don't, right? A lot of people claim that they get positivity and negativity. Mm -hmm. But then if I look at how they live, someone who really got positive and negative would never do what they're doing. So if positive and negative are in everything, Mm -hmm. why would you ever label an event or an experience as positive or negative? Because positive and negative are inside everything that's a good question i i, I don't know but do you know. label a lot of things as positive yes, or negative? yes of course i okay, label but do i sometimes barely sometimes. i might say positive momentum but do yeah you, but do you even detect a hint of label behind that like am i actually labeling the momentum as positive or am i just using it to make a point yeah i guess you're using it to make a point well i don't know you tell me you can read the energy you can read between the lines yeah I think. How often do I use the word positive or label something as positive? Something happens to us in our in our household. Am I on it? Oh, that was a negative thing or that was a no, positive thing. No, you don't ever. No, because you automatically. So there's one of the things that I, I love. It annoys me too that you, as soon as something happens, you're speaking positively about it. You don't use the word, the label. It's positive. Oh, this is a great thing. I mean, sometimes you say that, but uh, usually you just move into super positive language to raise energy uh, into, but but you don't ever say 
that's a positive thing, no. Yeah. Even if I say, oh, there was a lot of drama recently, am I calling it positive or no. negative? Do I ever say that was bad drama that should have never happened? Or do I view it as just an event of life and we make the best of it? Yeah. Yeah. Do. Right. So, so someone who understands positive and negative will be the last person around to be labeling something as positive and negative because they know that positive and negative are in every particle of everything everywhere. Right. Even atoms have like negative ions and positive ions. Yeah. And I've sent you that story about the old man who had the son with the broken leg who fell off a horse and yes. the army came to recruit him. And yeah. And then people like the townspeople were like, oh that's so bad that's so sad and he's like maybe and then like all this bad stuff happens and each time he's like maybe yeah maybe. the townspeople are like that's so bad this yeah. time and he's maybe oh and then the townspeople are like that's so good and he says maybe yeah because he understands there's positive and negative and everything right it's what you make of it it's how it turns out it's how it factors into your life story and you don't know how it's going to turn out when i was going through my homeless years i thought it was the worst thing on earth now i think it's a huge badge of honor that gets me credibility and gets people to listen to me and it's helpful and i wouldn't want to trade it for the world and stuff right but back then i was like the townsfolk labeling everything as good or bad yeah. i was had a very immature understanding of life and perspective and emotions and so on and now i have a more mature understanding of it and so when something happens you'll rarely catch me labeling it as positive or negative because as soon as i do that i'm back in that old immature thought process and that old immature understanding and i'm i'm powerless to navigate life yeah. because that's someone who doesn't understand life and doesn't understand positive and negative and it's a surprising amount of people who label stuff as positive and negative good and evil they see the world in black and white. They don't really understand what's going on. Yeah, the other day I heard someone say, why does everything bad always happen to me? Yeah, yeah. but I was homeless for two and a half years and you were a heroin addict. I and know. So, you know, we had some pretty <laughs> rough years in there. Yeah. And, you know, do I want to say, oh, all of that bad stuff always happened to me? Like, it's it just it just shows a misunderstanding of life. That's all. It shows a misunderstanding of positive and negative. So... Even the question, how can I turn something negative, like my ex being dumb, into something positive, indicates someone who doesn't really understand positivity and negativity and the fact that they're, they are universal forces inside everything that happens. So you can always find the good in the bad. You can always find the positive and the negative. If you see the, the Tao symbol, the yin-yang, there's always a little speck of good in the bad and a speck of bad in the good or whatever. Yeah. And the the skill of living well is to be able to find those little sparks yeah right it's to find those little good parts in the bad the positive and the negative yeah well when i was going through my addiction and when i was in active addiction if someone had said oh this is a great thing for you like you are going to be yeah. so awesome i wasn't having it you yeah you were gonna be amazing well, I'm like covered in track marks and blood everywhere all the time and trying to get my my fix. Yeah, sure, dude. Like to me, that was I had that same mindset of why does everything bad happen? To same. Me? And when I was homeless, if someone tried to tell me that was a good thing, I I would have let them have it. Yeah. man. Yeah. I would have been like, are you serious? Have you ever lived this way? What's good about it? How dare you? How could and I would just be yeah. super negative about same. it because that's where I was at back then. I was literally incapable of seeing the good in it. Right. But as I grew and as I matured and as I look back, I'm like, oh, there was quite a bit of good in it. Yeah, same. 
because going through all that really hard time and the, that that part of my life, it made me embrace and love clean living life. And it's took taking me on to a journey to heal and grow and be a better person and be happier and be more positive and loving. But it's not about really being more positive. It's just about being the person I am that inside. Because like you said, there's positive and, and negative and everything. And so that means there's that inside me too. And I do my very best to live my life looking through the lens of, of everything. I don't say I have a cure for everything. I'm honest and I'm still working on it. And that's why I'm asking these questions. So I, I don't understand it on the same level that you, you do, but I'm getting there. And this was really helpful. So yeah, thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. And the better you understand positive and negative at their core, and that they are basically in everything and they are a perspective that we choose. We can choose to see the silver lining. We can hunt for it. We can look for it. We can apply ourselves to it. Or we can say, oh, there is none. It's all just bad. I'm not even going to bother looking. Yes. We can do that. We can. And that's the art of living. That's the art of living well. That's the art of manifesting the reality you want. Life is going to keep serving up things to people. Yeah. And the people you look up to and the people you're impressed with and the people you admire are the ones who take what is served and spin it into something positive. They see the, the best in it. Right. The people you like to be around aren't the ones that moan and groan all day and play the victim and whine and woe is me and yada yada and oh, I'm sick about this and I'm sick about that and I'm tired of this and I'm tired of that. You don't look up to those people and want to be around them and you don't want to live like they live. I feel tired just hearing you say that. Right. But the people you do look up to are the ones who are like they cut their thumb or stub their toe and they're like, <laughs> I'm so silly. That was, I'll fix it. I'll do better next time. Yeah. yeah. Or they get a, a setback or a diagnosis and they're like, you know what? It's a chance for me to show people that laughter is the best medicine. It's a chance for me to make the best of the years I have left. Like these are the people who are inspiring and you're like, damn, I'm so impressed. Yes. It's like, yeah, we're impressed because these people understand positive and negative and they know how to find the positive in the negative. So if your ex is being dumb, you have two options. One, get triggered by it, rage against it, hate on it, be upset about it, be negative about it, or two, hunt for the positive, focus on the positive, spin it positive, find the silver lining. Those are your options. Those are literally your options with everything that gets served up to you. The people you look up to, handle it one way. The people you don't want to be around, handle it a different way. Which one you want to use? Fair play. That's really good. That's really good. Thank you. Thank you. You're awesome. You're awesome. (laughs) Speaking of awesome, today's my baby's birthday. So happy birthday, Papa. We love you. Happy birthday, dude. So you said for our triggers to find the positive in them, right? But when we're in the middle of that trigger, when we're in the middle of really being upset and we don't have a lot of practice, it feels like that trigger is unfixable and it's just impossible. Like, how can I find the positive? Like, what are the actual steps or tips for me to fix it? Great question. And first, I should point out that there are two categories of triggers. There are triggers that are so intense and so entrenched in you that in that moment of triggering, there's very little you could do to fix it. And you would probably just make it worse. For most people, these are triggers like money or sex or family or work or something like this. Relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe your kids. But for some people, politics. No, just insects could be be that strong for them like i don't know how intense every trigger is for every human 
it's common for money and politics and stuff to, to be an intense trigger for somebody. Yes. But it could also just be spiders. Yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I don't okay. know. We don't know. Right, right, right. We don't have a list of all no. of them. No, the and, and not yeah. for every person. Sure. So only you know which category your trigger is in. Is it in the intense category or is it in the not, not too bad category, right? Because triggers like someone said something mean to me in a YouTube comment might be in a crazy intense category for you mm -hmm. and it's unfixable uh, in the moment mm -hmm. or it could be in a that sucked but I, I could fix this like yeah. a less intense category right and only you can tell which category your triggers are in way back in the day you had a lot of triggers about money and mm -hmm. I said you should just avoid the topics yes. but then later you were confused and and you said how come you told me to avoid the money topic and now here we are and we have the same problems and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, because you never fixed the triggers. Right. And you're like, but you told me to avoid them. Avoid <laughs> the topic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's true. It seems confusing. Why am I saying these contradictory things? It's because that trigger for you was in an intense category, one that you is basically unfixable until you have a break from it, until you have some time away from it. And so once you had some time away, then I said, okay, we can, we can focus on the money trigger and fix the money trigger. That's exactly what happened. I know. That's what we, we did. We started focusing and doing all these exercises about money. And, and I started using the cookie jar too. And, and doing like, I don't I remember when I started listing all the ways I started, I made money. And you were like, who are you? Because <laughs> you didn't know all that. No, because <laughs> it was buried by your triggers. Yeah. Who didn't share all that awesome, abundant progress <laughs> yeah. until you had a break from the trigger. And so if you take a break long enough, the trigger might migrate to the other category, the fixable category. Right. So basically there are like unfixable triggers, but it's only temporary. They're just unfixable for now. For now. And if you take a break and avoid them yes. long enough, they will move into the fixable category. But some topics seem impossible because they're super intense and it's a super brutal trigger and you can't take a break from it because it's my broken arm and my broken arm, I hate it and it triggers me and I have to live with it and every day I wake up and it's always in front of me. I'm like, we'll take a break from it and then you'll fix it later. Yeah. Like, I can't take a break from it. My arm's right here. Yeah. So then this is a third category, Okay. but they're, they're pretty rare, but it is a third category of super challenging to fix, but essential to fix now. So there is no avoiding it. You just have to do the hard work or like go through the pain or apply yourself of to fixing this trigger. That's it. Right. There's only one option. Yes. Otherwise, it's just going to keep getting worse. Like your broken arm is going to get worse. You're going to get raging about it. You're going to like slam it against the wall. It just gets worse. You well, can't avoid it. It stays with you. It's always with you. So like literally, you just have to figure out how to be untriggered by your broken arm. This is how it was for the money thing. I couldn't go to the grocery store. Buying anything out was hard. Uh, just when every time I had to get money for the kids or whatever, like it was always really it felt so hard. And so while taking a break was great, it was fine. Well, all it did was make it worse. Yeah. And I knew the whole time. Like I knew these categories and I knew where it was and I could try and help you move it to an, a more fixable state. But if you see it every day and it, you keep thinking about it and you can't avoid it, then you're always triggered and it just gets worse and worse. And then it becomes the third category where I don't care how hard this is for you. Life is making you fix this. That's what happened. Yeah. But it's, it's never fun. It's always like the worst way to do it ever. So it's much better to find a way to take a break from it. Like for me, when I'm homeless, I don't have to really worry about money anymore. Like all my expenses are gone. I can live on like $3 a day or something. Right. Right. You find shelter wherever. You have your survival. You have your, your stuff. You get a croissant and it's a boring life, but you like everything is paid for. Right. You're not in debt. You're worried about taxes. Yeah. You're yeah. not worried about bills or anything. Sure. 
I'm saying. And if you moved onto a deserted island and learned to live off the land or be a camper or something, mm -hmm. your money was would go away too. And it would you would have taken a break from it and it would slowly become less of a problem. And when you tried to rejoin society, you're starting fresh. You're like, okay, so what? I get a job. What do I do? And you wouldn't have the same money triggers. Yeah. But you can still take a break from money triggers even if you don't go to a desert island. Yes, absolutely. But it's really challenging for people in the city. Like, did you take a break or did you keep getting money thrown in your face and you had to fix it? So there's mainly two categories. Stuff, triggers that you can't fix in the moment and you need to take a break from and cool off and get a clearer head. And if you do that well enough, they will migrate to the second category, which is annoying triggers. But I think these are fixable. I'm going to apply myself. And every once in a while, you'll get like a super trigger where it's challenging to fix and there's no getting away from it and life is going to insist and it will force you to either get this trigger or die, basically. But these are the, the most unpleasant and they're rare and you never have to have anything in this category. You can always have them for one of these two categories if you want. But most human beings always have at least one of these categories. Yeah. And some of us, the people who like to learn the hard way, have like 10 in these categories yeah. or 100 right. in this super challenging so then but but how do we get rid of it right well i explained all that because the process for getting rid of all these is slightly different depending on what category they're they're in it takes a different journey to get rid of the trigger okay like they have similarities but they're different right so all of these triggers can be removed by tweaking our minds or our emotions or our physicality like our body or a combination of any of the three Okay. If something is in the intense, I can't fix it in the moment category, then your number one job is to cool off however you can. If that means venting at someone, I mean, I guess vent at someone. I don't recommend it, but it might get the job done. If it means take a shower, take a shower. If it means go for a walk, go for a walk. But either way, you won't be moving on to the fixing part until you cool off. But the ant that was annoying, I think I can fix it category. You don't need the cooling off process. No. Right? Right. You're ready to fix it. Yeah, yeah. So you can fix it in the moment. Mm -hmm. And these ones are the easiest to fix because you can catch yourself being triggered. You can take a breath and you can do an exercise or do a process and, and address it. And you're like, all right, I fixed this trigger. So ideally, you want to get all your triggers into this category because then they're quite fixable. Yeah. Which, by the way, I, I haven't had any triggers not in that category since the, the money thing that I can recall. So I was going to make a comment about the venting thing, like, don't do it. But I yelled for like half the day because I had to. Like, I just, it was so stupid, but I felt like I had to like express it and get it out. I mean, it wasn't the right thing and I'm very sorry and I love you. But I mean, I know we've moved past it, but, but at the time it felt like the other one, this one. No, it was. It was. Yeah. So we all have some in each category, more or less. But the yelling helped me get it from here to here. Yeah. That was your cooling off process. But if your cooling off process harms people around you, yeah, that's not cool. Don't expect them to stick around. Right. I mean, you'll maybe you'll fix your trigger eventually, but you'll also lose all your friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. You'll lose your relationships and stuff. So I prefer to take a walk or get a shower for my cooling off process. But either way, you have to find a cooling off process for you. And it might have to change over the years. Maybe it used to cool you off and now it doesn't and you need a different one. I don't know. Well, actually, that's a good point because sometimes I can sing and dance and that works for other topics that aren't so this one. But for that particular one, that wasn't working for me. And so when I went and sang and danced, I was still here. And, and the yelling was the only thing that was. And, and I don't ever do that. I'm not a yeller anymore. I spend a lot of time 
yelling over the years and I don't do this anymore. So here it was like, I shouldn't be yelling, but here it felt better. Yeah, in your head, it was like, I shouldn't be yelling. But in your heart, it was like, this feels great. I'm going to cool off. Like, this is good. Yes. Thank you. And if it's the third category, then even in your crappy mood and in your triggered state, you literally have to do some exercises or process or think differently or feel differently or adjust your physicality about the trigger. Right. Even though you're in rage mode, even though it seems hardest and the most impossible thing, you have to find a way. So yeah, those are kind of the three approaches, one for each category. And as you handle them, it starts to move them to a different category. So once you start working on the super challenging, intense trigger that seems unfixable, eventually you can get it to, know what, maybe I can just take a break from this topic or, or it makes it all the way to, meh. I'm fixing this. I'm getting a handle on this. And if there's a trigger that you're just taking a break from or avoiding for a little while, eventually it will migrate to, you know what? I haven't addressed this issue in a long time. I feel much better about it. So I'm still triggered about it, but I think I can fix it. Yeah. Yeah. If you go analyze anybody's triggers, they will be in one of these three categories. Yeah, agreed. And if you want to consciously fix the trigger, it's easiest from this, I think I can fix it category. Right. When you feel it, right? Like you feel not just, oh, I can fix this, oh, but the actual feeling of, I got this, I can fix it. Yeah. I mean, your feeling is what decides all of these categories. What does your trigger feel like to you? Does it feel like an impossible one or an avoider one or let's tackle this one? Right. Okay. Once you're ready to fix a trigger, then you have to come up with some exercise to apply yourself and practice in order to fix that trigger. So it might be Mel Robbins' five-second rule. It's a very good process for dealing with anger triggers. Actually, it is. It is. I know. And if someone is triggered or angry about something, they might use her five-second process to deal with it and to eventually beat that trigger. Great. I recommend things like a positive aspects list or a belief ladder or a convincing Katya. These are my exercises. I know. I love it. And by the way, these exercises are all the things that I did to remove those triggers from the the money trigger, especially. We did a lot of those belief ladders and the convincing Katyas and the positive aspects. That's a great one. I do that. That's from Abraham Hicks. Yeah, I've done that. A bunch of times with like so many different topics, people, money, uh, sex, uh, drugs, addiction, like all the issues I've had over the years. Those positive aspect lists are really the first time I ever tried one. I thought I'm not going to be able to think you. I think you told me 20. You said list 20 positive aspects about I was having an issue with a friend. And I was like, I can't find many things that are positive about this whole situation. And I like I think I had like 25. And because once you start, then you start thinking of more and more and more and more positive things. So, yeah, I forgot. I, that's a great one. And so is a convincing Katya. Yeah, they work. But were you able to use them on things that were in this category of I need to avoid this and no. break? And were you able to use them on this category of this is the, the craziest trigger I've ever had, <laughs> but I have to fix it now? No, no. So you see that sometimes the exercises aren't going to work on certain triggers. Yes. You have to deal with those triggers in a different way first, and then eventually they make it to the, you know what, I think I could tackle this trigger, and then you can use the positive aspects list. Yes, yes. The most recent one had to go from from this to this to be able to work on it. The yelling got me here. Sure. But, but yeah, when it was here, and even when it was up here, I, I, there was no way. I was not able to do any exercise that was going to help that at all. And so I had to deal with it. But 
I noticed, and I think while you're talking and explaining, I realized all the ones that were here for some way had to to, to get over here. Yep. Like, like I said, saying. some process so has to happen. It's a hundred. You're right. You're spot on. Even if at the time I didn't recognize, oh, I'm moving it from here to here. It's that's exactly what I did, though. Yeah. Like maybe you can't beat your heroin triggers for a while. You're all crunchy about them, but eventually mm-hmm. you go to NA or read some books or do some self work or something. And you cool off about it and your perspective changes and it's a bit more gentle. And now you're like, you know what? I bet I can tackle my my drug use triggers. So the next time I'm at a party, I'm going to stay away from them or just say no thank you. And I'm going to see how it works. Whatever. I'm saying this is how all triggers go. And when you understand triggers, you're not super confused about people. It's like, I I can see she's not ready to work on money. I can see that's not a, a good topic for this person. I can see they're not ready. And I know they're going to have to do some process to cool off and, and see things in a different light. And eventually they'll be ready to tackle that trigger. And then I can coach them or help them. But there's no point wasting anyone's time or energy trying to help someone who's in this category or this category. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. That makes way sense. And that's when you're like, that's a six. Yeah, I call it a six. Yeah, yeah. Because anything past five yeah. is, is it's one of those. It's too intense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. can't like, deal with if it. If it's a five out of ten, maybe we can work on that yeah. trigger. If it's a six out of ten, nah, nope. Yeah. Not me. Yeah, because we both have tried to help people at a six and it just does not work. Well, you can, but not through words and coaching. No. You have to like give them a giant hug until oh, they yeah. feel better and they start cooling off. And then maybe you can talk to them about it. We do this with kids all the time. If a child is at a six for their trigger, there's no point trying to teach them or talk to them or give them a lesson on like humbly approaching life or mature understanding or whatever. You give them extra spaghettios or like a freezy or a popsicle or you give them a hug or take them for a walk and then as they're calmed down and cooled off a little bit you can sort of try and bring up the trigger again and see what happens does the kid freak out or maybe we can talk about it and so parents are naturally doing this with their child's triggers they don't do it with their own most of the time it's really interesting that you say that because when i was a teenager i had a lot of outbursts and i had a lot of issues and my mother would just hug me I would be raging at her and yelling and saying mean things and she would just come and hug me and I would like, it would like relax me enough. Yeah, I've done it once or twice to yeah. you as well. Probably I should do it more. But the point is that hug cools someone off and it gives them a break from their trigger long enough sometimes to move it to the category of, you know what, I'm ready to talk, tackle this and talk about this and now maybe we can fix this trigger. So yeah, that's basically it. If you understand these three categories and you understand how to move between them, move your triggers between them, migrate them through various processes, usually individual processes that you have to come up with for yourself, then eventually you can get your triggers into a place where you're ready to deal with them in a conscious, intentional manner. And at that time, you can start getting coaching or rolling exercises or processes from someone else. So I can give some processes and stuff to deal with triggers, but half the people who watch them will be like, these are terrible and will never work and I hate them and they didn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. And half will be saying something like, this changed my life and this totally cured all my triggers. And it's like, yes, because each half of the audience had different levels of triggers that they were trying to address. And those world processes and exercises from other people only will work on this one category. It's true. It's true. And if you are on that category, so this one, the good one, the changeable one, if you're, if you have that, you can also email me at sunshineonline at gmail.com if you have any questions about any of the stuff we talk about.
And one more thing about fixing triggers in the moment. Sometimes the intellectual people will want to fix their triggers using mindset and changing their perspective and thinking a different way, which is great. That's a viable approach to fixing triggers. But if your trigger is more body oriented or body trauma or stored in your nervous system than it is mental and intellectual, you'll get much more positive results and higher leverage and more value from somatic therapy or some acupuncture or chiropractics or yoga or rock climbing or exercise or dance or something, right? If you dance it out, for an intellectual to dance something out might give them way better results than trying to think their way out of it. A lot of the triggers that particularly tricky aren't triggers that we thought ourselves into. They're triggers that we stored in our nervous system, in our bodies. Or if you're used to not thinking very deeply or critically and not asking why and not searching your soul, and you're used to just feeling things or being in your body or you know dancing triggers away, and there's one that's particularly stuck and it's not working, chances are you're going to have to take an intellectual approach and change your thinking and change your thought processes and change your perspectives and your, your values and make conscious decisions and stuff. And a lot of people hate this because they want to fix their triggers in the way they're most comfortable with. They don't want to try a new way of fixing their triggers. They don't want to be open to massage or acupuncture. Or if they're used to dancing it out, they don't want to think things through and sit down and journal and write the logical steps to why they're triggered. Same goes for people who are very emotional and mood-based and mood-focused. A lot of times we have to get out of our comfort zones to deal with particularly tricky triggers. So just something to keep an eye out for. That's a really good point. And that's what I had to do because I'm used to feeling and moving in my body. And so that's why the dance and singing didn't necessarily work for those things because I had to do something outside of my comfort zone, so, which was journaling and writing, doing all the work, the convincing katyas and the positive aspects lists and the belief ladders. That's mental stuff. All that stuff. So I had to go into my mind and do the mental stuff that I wasn't doing before, so... Really good point. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I might need to try different substances or get different massages or be more active or get more fresh air or something. Move your body. To fix certain tricky triggers. Right. Yeah. Good. Thank you. And speaking of triggered, I am triggered today. Do you know why? Because you don't have Eyes Wide Open Volume 1. Hence the world's first self-help coffee table book. And it's yours for free. Well, the PDF copy. Go to eyeswideopenfree.com or the link is in the description so you can help me feel untriggered by downloading our book. Well, since we're talking about fixing triggers, I was hoping that you would help me fix one on camera. Help people kind of see how we do it because... Like I mentioned before, I was triggered by some of the comments in the Mel Robbins video because people were leaving ridiculous comments. Well, I'm saying people, but one person left ridiculous comments because they didn't watch the video and they made a bunch of assumptions about me and they decided to shit on me. And I really want to curse them out and say mean things back. So how should I fix this without quitting our podcast? Sure. Happy to do it. Let's do it live. All right. We'll do it live. So the first step is to get you in a triggered state. So is it possible to go reread these comments? No, because the person has been blocked. What if you unblock them? I'll read it to you, but you don't, you don't have to post it. Yeah, that no, can go rot in hell. 
Carol. Okay, so you're clearly back to your triggered state. <laughs> yeah, all right. So first is to know what category this trigger is in. Can I actually help you with this trigger? Or is it over in the intense category and you need to cool off and avoid it for a while? No, no, it's in the I can fix this. She's a dumb now. I'm fine. Right. Let's fix this trigger so I don't have to censor the whole thing. <laughs> okay. So then... I don't think we have time to do all three exercises, so let's pick two of them. Okay. The, these two. Positive aspects and convincing content. content. Yeah. Okay. So, so the first step is to take a deep breath, and ideally this would be written down, but we'll just do it voice. List positive aspects of this experience. What is positive about this person doing this? About them, about their comment, about YouTube, about life, about anything. What is positive about this? She's dumb. Oh, wait. Positive. Uh, all right. So positive things about this person. Or the situation. The whole situation. Okay. Well, it's making me fix a trigger uh, live on camera so that it will help other people. Yeah. Helping me to help myself to fix a trigger because someone said something to me in a comment. Yeah. Well, what's your dream? What do you want to be? I want to be a public speaker. Okay. And so is being triggered by random comments going to help you with your public speaking dream or hinder you? It's going to hinder me. Okay, so, so is she actually helping with your dream? Right she now? is actually helping with my dream, yes. Okay. She's helping me with my dream. That's pretty positive. Right? Yeah, it is very positive. Yes. Hard to be mad at someone who's literally helping you with your dream. Would you Would you have gotten practice some other way? No. No, I wouldn't have anything okay. to, to... So she is making sure you get the practice. Yes. Someone had to do it. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so... She's helping me, helping me to practice. It's not dream. easy, man. I I know it's not it's not easy, but it's okay. She's helping me practice to get my dream, and and she's helping me practice how to deal with other people who are going to say worse stuff. And also, it helps me to remember my progress where I have come so far because I have taken personal responsibility for a million and one things, and this helps me to remember to continue to take personal responsibility, and it helps me to improve on the way I comment, and the way I talk to people, and the way I think about it, and the way I feel about it, and yeah. Okay, does the world benefit from everyone agreeing with one another, everyone having the same opinion, everyone saying you're the best, everyone on the planet just universally saying sin is the best. No, no, no. Does that it, hurt the world or, or help the, the world? world? No, I, we don't want automatons and robots all thinking and feeling the same way. We, we all need to have our own opinions. This is good for the world. It's good for source and for everyone to have different experiences. Even if they're wrong or... Even if they're wrong or me. Okay, so are you glad the world operates like this and are you glad that people have their own opinions and yeah i'm i'm over the moon about it and I'm are you glad happy. that she's proof of that i am glad that she's proof of it and i'm also glad that she's proof that people don't pay attention to things and and so i have to remember too that because i think critically and i pay attention to things doesn't mean that everyone is like me and that's okay that's wonderful not everyone's meant to be like me yeah. And wasn't your level of consciousness similar to hers at one point in your life? Yes, it was. So maybe that's where she's at. Yeah. Right. Yes. So does well, this help you have compassion and empathy from what, for where people are at? Yes. It helps me have compassion and empathy, especially because she thinks Mel Robbins is great and doesn't see the irony of the comments that she made to me. So, uh, and, and so I'm leaving, I'm talking about this one because I want people to see that Sometimes in the middle of your positive aspects list, you'll, something will make you want to say something negative. 
you have to tweak that to a positive, which is what I just did because I wanted to say she's a dumbass because she follows Mel Robbins, but that's that's not the positive part. So I want I want people to understand this, and and so the positive part is is that she's she's on a on her own journey and she is maybe slower or i was that slow too at the at the time and it's okay we're all improving and and we're all on our own path and we have to find our own way and i really hope that she finds the path to find other people that will actually help her to change instead of following somebody who spent 15 years not changing sure and maybe maybe mel is her pathway sure that's what i mean you don't know yeah, maybe that's the pathway to find a way for her to change. Yeah, so it's good. It's positive. And also that it helps me have a conversation with you, a great conversation with you. I love conversations with you. And it's a, another opportunity for me to share another conversation yeah. with the rest of the world. Yeah, we're up to like 15 or something like that. 15, yes. And did this triggering commenter inspire an entire valuable hour-long episode for your true audience, for your your fans? Yes, that's it. The people who value this stuff. Yes, yes, for people who actually want to change. Right, so the hater helped you with your dream, inspired a whole episode, sparked a conversation with us, changed your views, all this kind of stuff. And so that was the positive aspects list. And you did a great job. Thanks. So now we check, am I still Mm -hmm. triggered? Or has this cured my trigger of haters? So we go back and we read. Yeah. So how do you feel? Is it fixed or not quite fixed or sort of fixed or more work needs done? Or actually I feel great or what? So the thing that's like still is the whole I need to take personal responsibility. Okay. So then we do a positive aspects list of that. Yes. So... So it's not the comments that bother you. It's someone claiming you need to take responsibility. Me, a lot of people. Yes. Okay. So then you do a positive aspects list for that. Why is it positive that someone sees you as not taking responsibility? So do I take personal responsibility? Yes. Okay. But are there people out there who talk behind my back and think I don't take personal responsibility? Yes. Yes. So I know this. But why am I not triggered about it? Because you know the truth. Well, one, because I know the truth, but two, because I can see the positive aspects of them having this confused view, right? Yes. It's the same way I wouldn't get mad at a child who was like, you're a terrible human being. You're the worst daddy ever or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I know I'm doing the right thing. I know I'm on track. I know they're just having a fit. Like, I know the child is confused. It's, It's okay. And I know it's positive. I know they're going through their growth and it's a good thing and we'll bond over it and we'll talk over it and yada, 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 right? Like I can see the positive potential and opportunities and aspects of this occurrence right. of someone seeing me as the exact opposite of what I am. If I dedicate my life to being a good dad and then a kid sees me as a terrible dad, they literally see me as the opposite of what I am. Yes. Back in... in biblical times jesus was spreading love everywhere and the romans saw him as some hateful blasphemer who's destroying the empire or whatever they saw right he just said forgive them they know not what they do like he saw the positives in it you can't have that attitude without seeing the good in this Uh, yeah so so sorry so why is it good that this person sees you as irresponsible well she's a child and doesn't even know what personal responsibility looks like so that's like taking advice from my two-year-old granddaughter who's telling me to take personal responsibility when she doesn't even know how to spell it 
Right. Not the most positive aspects, but I'm getting there. it's a good start. <laughs> it's a good start. And so this is all honest and, and authentic. And so it's not always like super easy for me all the time. So, so let me help. One of the, oh, go ahead. Well, one of the, the positives of it too is that it makes me look at what I'm doing. If someone else points out something to me, then I have to ask myself, is this true? Did it make me feel bad because it's true? Did it make me angry because it's true? Am I not taking personal responsibility? I went back and watched the video and I'm 100% taking responsibility for my feelings, my actions, my words through the whole entire episode. So no, she's not correct. So then the positive thing is that I got to watch my video again and I ha- I asked myself some really important questions. Is, is this true? Is this person pointing out something that's true that I'm ignoring? Because in the past, it's happened a million times with us on this journey. So yeah, one of the positive things is that I have to really look at myself and my actions and my words and my my thoughts and my feelings. And do I really feel this way? Or am I really doing this thing or not? And and so I am. I really am taking personal responsibility. I am sharing some embarrassing ass shit that I've never shared before with other people in every single episode because I believe in being authentic and vulnerable. So yeah, that's positive too. Yeah, great. Some great positive aspects. Thanks. So her comment about personal responsibility made you more self-aware. Yes. It gave you a chance to introspect and grow if necessary. Yes. It affirmed your your view and your pride in your personal responsibility. Yes. So it boosted your self-esteem. Yes. So yada, yada, yada. Look at how many positive things. Yeah. And because, like we mentioned a little while ago, since... I'm a feeler and a mover. I move my body to, to improve. Having to do this is, steps outside of my comfort zone. And so that's always a positive, beautiful thing for me. And it's always welcome and invited to stand outside of there, outside of my comfort zone. So that's another positive thing. Yep. So she got you outside your comfort zone. Yes. And does all of this move you closer to your dream? Of course. So she, again, helped you with your dream. Yes. And is it good that there are people out there who will say the most ridiculous stuff to us just to help reaffirm our, our clear stance and to make us clearer on our beliefs and approach to life. Yes, 100%. If it was all just yes men and echo chambers who never said any ridiculous things, mm-hmm. would you start the same process? Would you feel this proud and this firm on your beliefs? No, because if everyone's just always agreeing with us, then like there's no discussion. There's no conversation. Yeah. No growth. And how do beliefs and ideas become strong? Do they become strong by being challenged by other people or do they become strong by just having people agree with them? No, they become strong by being challenged. Right. And then you become stronger by uh, finding out if what some person, one thing someone says can change your beliefs or mow down your beliefs and you just like wishy-washy and flaky or if you really are standing tall in who you are, your values, and your beliefs. Exactly. And isn't doing this positive aspects list of this person's ridiculous assertion that you are not taking personal responsibility, a great further example of taking personal responsibility for the whole thing and for being triggered and for how you handle comments in the future and all this kind of yes. stuff. So this sounds like over the moon, the whole comment and the situation was great. And then that personal responsibility part was also great. And so now you've made two positive aspects lists, yes. totaling 40 things about this commenter. 
And so do you still have it in your heart to hate this person or get triggered or react poorly? Do you still not like it? Let's go do a test and read it and see. No, now I read it again. And this is the third time I read it. And this time I read it and laughed because this person made an assumption about a one minute part of video that she saw about she doesn't know anything about me to to know my journey or how I live my life and how much responsibility I take for myself. So it's like when a child is, you're so mean because you make them brush their teeth and go to bed. So yeah, much better. I feel better. Yeah, I can tell. You're not <laughs> swearing. Yeah, too. You're laughing. Yes. Yeah, it's a physical, energetic, emotional, mental change. Yeah. 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 And if you ever come across another commenter who's saying you're the exact opposite of what you are, do you feel like you're going to be triggered by them or are you going to remember this process and remember this time and remember this journey and just smile and laugh at the child who is confused no this would go on the cookie jar to remind me uh, if somebody else does the same thing that i've already handled this i'm good i feel like it'd be fine i feel okay we'll, we'll see in the future we'll see in the future but even if it if it happens again then i will redo the positive aspect. Yeah, I will redo this process until it is locked in and I don't have any issues with this at all. Yeah, and since it worked, we can skip the convincing Katya and the belief ladder. Yeah, well, I'm so glad I didn't need the other exercises, but if anyone who's watching or listening is interested in finding out more about these uh, exercises, please send me a DM or an email and I'm happy to share the process with you. Oh, and Thank you so much for helping me. I feel much better. I'm going to read it one more time just to see because now it's kind of been a minute since we did the work and I want to see how I feel. More. I don't care. I'm so not bothered at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was amusing. It made me laugh. Thank you. Thank you. So there you go. You just saw me heal a trigger. Uh, is it a lasting healing forevermore? I don't know. I might need more practice with this. Anyway, I'm so glad that you stuck around to watch. And I really like to know in the comments what you think about the process I we just went through. Do you see how this can help you heal some of your triggers? And will you do these positive aspects on your own, even if it's hard, so that you can feel better? about yourself and other people and experiences and your own mental health. If you can get this done and really understand it, then you can do this for everything. I mean, literally anything and everything. You can even do it for other people. So yeah, I'd love to know your experience and what you think. So our next question, how can our audience do this on their own if we're not there to hold their hand and walk them through it like you were with me? Yeah, that's the trick, right? Yeah. So I generally can pull this off with anything at any time in any situation on any of my triggers. Some triggers are trickier than others and will take more of a process than others. Some triggers I might be approaching in an incorrect way and I need to approach from a different angle. But how did I get this way? I ask myself that. <laughs> well, how do you think? You think I was just born like this? No, I know that you also struggled with lots of triggers. You've lost lots of friends. You alienated people. You like you were a really arrogant, mean person when you were young. So I know you weren't born like this. Yeah. And for most of my homeless years, I was triggered by everything. Yes. Yeah. So what happened? You learned how to do this. You learned how to heal yourself. Right. But how? So I had a lot of free time. Yeah. Living on the streets. Abe, I'm assuming. Yeah. So I listened to a lot of Abraham Hicks. Yeah. But not just them. Tony Robbins, 
Neil Donald Walsh, Osho, the Bible, whatever, all of these teachers who teach how to control our mental and emotional health. There's a lot of people who teach this stuff in their own way. And so do you think just reading all that stuff did it for me? I just read them all and then magically I could do it? No. So what do you think I did besides reading all of these teachers? You practiced. I practiced. You practiced. You think I did this stuff once on a video with someone? No, you did it a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Like when I did the money one, I did a whole bunch of them. Like this wasn't just one. It was definitely a bunch. Yeah. And you read Happy Money and you read Money in the Law of Attraction and you read Mm -hmm. Thinking Grow Rich and you read whatever. Right. But was it just reading? No, it was practicing. Mm -hmm. Practicing. Practicing handling your triggers. Practicing your processes. Practicing cooling off, taking a shower, going for a walk. Practicing positive aspects, belief ladders, convincing katyas. Practicing thinking better things about these situations. Practicing changing your perspectives. And then practicing it again on another trigger or in another situation of the same trigger or whatever. Practice, practice, practice. Yes. Most people won't do it. But if you really want to get the hang of life, and you want to be able to find the positive in anything and handle any curveball life throws at you, and you want to be those people you look up to who handle everything with grace, you got to practice. Practice. No one magically gets to be this. Yeah, so you didn't have a J or a sin to hold your hand when you were homeless. No, I'm more of a self-taught kind of person, but I still had all those teachers that I told you that I... I... No, no, but that's my point. It's like you had all the the books and the videos, but you didn't have anybody like next to you like I have. I've been super blessed and you guys too having us here, but you didn't have that. Yeah, I know. And so you had to practice and do it on your own. So it's possible, like it's totally possible. You don't have to have someone hold your hand. And I've done it on my on my own. When we were apart, I coached myself to let go of the triggers. There were a lot of triggers here after you left when I was really struggling. And I had to do it for myself so I could be a human again and get to work. So <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you, like we mentioned earlier about the homeless stuff, about how it was positive for you. But it, it was positive for me too, even though I didn't know you then. Because all of your experiences and everything that you learned and taught yourself and well, and, and that all your mentors that you just mentioned taught you and you applied. See, that's the thing that you learned all that stuff and then you applied it into your life. So you self-taught by reading it, but you actually practice it by doing it over and over and over and over again. And then you turn around and took all those lessons and then you taught them to me, condensed. And, and so I'm super grateful. So for everything that you went through, that was a positive thing for me as well. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Yay! You're the best, and you guys are the best too. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We love you so much. Don't forget, if you have any questions or suggestions or or topic ideas for us, leave it in the comments or send me an email. So I just have one last question. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with a wonderful audience? Yes. Back in caveman days, our challenge was to master our physical urges. Like to build a giant city, we couldn't go killing everybody left and right or taking any woman we wanted or whatever. We had to learn to cooperate and adjust how we conduct ourselves physically. We can't have world wars every two seconds or every tribe fighting with every other tribe. And so for the most part, we did that. We got overall general control and a cooperative culture or civilization aimed at relatively the same goals instead of just fighting one another. In today's era, though, the challenge is to control our mental and emotional urges, like 
when we're triggered, it's life telling us, showing us where we can improve. A great area of self-improvement, a great area for us to address, a place where we're not approaching life in a very optimal way, and it's going to bring very poor results for us until we adjust our approach. And so today's challenge and the heroes of today are the people with great mental health. They're the people with mastery over their mind and emotions. They're the people who have learned to control their mental and emotional urges and to have those things serve us all to benefit the world rather than be at the mercy of them or or be controlled by them. And so you got to see an example of someone do that here today. Sin got triggered by some hater in the comment section and she adjusted her thoughts and feelings about that person and what they wrote. And by the end, she was a much more effective human being. She is more prepared for her public speaking dreams, and she's more prepared for all future haters and comments that may come. And many people spend more of their time triggered than they do moving towards their dreams. We all have a very short life in front of us. Time can go by quite fast. I mean, I could probably do an episode about how to expand and contract time, but it's another story. The point is, if one insignificant comment from some random on the internet that you could just block in a millisecond is going to leave you triggered for two days and not operating at maximum efficiency and not being the great human being that you can be, what do you think that does to your dreams? If most of your life is spent being triggered rather than shining like a bright light of positivity and moving towards your dreams, what do you think that's going to do to your progress in life, to your momentum in life, to your vibe, to your manifestations and your realities and your creations. I know that energy is precious. And if you divert your energy into triggers and triggered reactions, you set your dreams back by months, years, decades. And I also know that if you can handle your triggers and soothe them quickly and easily, then you free up your energy to move towards your dreams in huge ways. And I know it's difficult to see for some people. So all I can say is you got to try it. You got to try living life trigger free. You got to try beating all your triggers and see how it feels. See what it does. See the results that it brings. See how things start to click for you. And if you don't try it and you keep pouring all your energy into your triggers, like giant black holes that suck up everything, I don't know what to tell you about the results you're going to get. Hopefully what we taught here will help you. You got this. I believe in you. There you go. And that's why our book and this podcast are called Eyes Wide Open. After today, you'll know how to fix your triggers. And so now you can watch this video right here called How to Be Happy in a Shitty World. So you can practice being positive and keeping your eyes wide open. Merry Christmas and keep rising.